the hope within us is Christ himself. If he lives within us, it will impact how we treat others. Welcome to Marriage Talk. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Valerie. And we want to say thank you for tuning in. And this week, we will be finishing off our series on love by covering the last few elements uh, that we've been working through, the verses found in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 to 8. Now, this has been a big topic <laughs> to, to try and cover, and we, we know we have not covered everything, but our hope is that this series will have helped us in our journey of understanding what love is. Yeah, it is such a big topic, and mm. even in our devotions this week, right. uh, the topic of love came up, right. and <laughs> we came across the, kind of the meaning of the word love from the Hebrew language, and they explained how it means much more than just an emotion or a feeling, mm -hmm. that it's about a decision of wholehearted devotion to God, that, that it involves our, our will and our emotions, our mind and our heart. Right. And now we wanted to share that today as we thought that was, well, it was really a, a fitting description yeah. of what we've been trying to practically understand from this passage of scripture and how we need to love God that way and really to love our spouse in that way as well. So we're going to be jumping into those last elements today. But That's before right. we do that, a few weeks ago, you asked me about a book that I had been reading. And so mm -hmm. I kind of gave a synopsis of what I've been going through. But you've been reading a book. I'm not sure if you finished it yet, but you've I been have. sharing things from it, which I've really enjoyed. And I'm excited to pick it up. But why don't you share the book that you have been reading and and what you've been learning from it? <laughs> sure. Yeah, I was be, I was reading uh, the Mortification of Sin by John Owen, and it's actually it's a uh, revised uh, version, or it's it's been translated into modern English because oh. it was written in I think it was the 1500s or 1600s. So it's that old English <laughs> kind of like Shakespeare, and so very hard to understand in yeah. the original. And this smart person he translated it into modern English, so it's so more. <laughs> Understandable, <laughs> but it was it was a really good book, and the whole premise is obviously the mortification of sin. And he says in there, uh, you know, be killing your sin, or your sin will be killing you. Mm. And it, just the way he talks about sin, it just is this battle, and he, and he kind of gives imagery of in an actual physical battle, the things that we do to weaken our enemy, um, the specific tools and strategy that we'll use. Hmm. And he says, apply that to our battle, our spiritual battle against sin. And so it, it was just a really interesting book. Um, and he got past the behavior and really Oy. got to what is our attitudes? Are we joyfully entering hmm. into battle against our sin? Or are we reluctant because we really love <laughs> our sin yeah. and the comfort <laughs> or the whatever it brings us, right? Right, right. Um, and, and he emphasizes that, that in order to truly kill sin, we need the Holy Spirit in mm. our, in our lives and actively working. And so he's got a lot of really great stuff in the book. He does give, um, kind of three things to consider in the, in helping us to battle and, and to kill our sin. And the first thing he kind of said to think about was weakening the habit 
of that evil desire. And so what is it that makes us weak in regards to this specific sin battle? And what is it that causes our evil desire to win and to really analyze Mm. that? And then what graces of the spirit do we need to cultivate to fight against that, to work in the opposite direction of that sinful desire, right? So if we're struggling with pride, we need humility. How do we cultivate that humility? Mm, If, If we're struggling with impulsiveness, what do we need? Well, we need patience. Mm. And so just be critically and kind of strategically thinking about how do I fight my sin with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, yeah, yeah, really great book. I recommend it. Yeah, I I learned a lot. Awesome. No, well, thanks for sharing. I'm excited to pick it up, but I just feel like I could just ask you questions and I'll make it feel like I read the book. (laughs) Well, not quite. (laughs) (laughs) I try to do it that way, but I'm excited. I want to read that book too. It's on, it's on my list. It's one of the ones I'm going to pick up and read soon. So thanks for sharing uh, and and what you've been gaining from from that book. So today, it is as we mentioned, it's our last episode on the series, this series yeah. of love. And over the last few weeks, we've been looking closer at First Corinthians thirteen four to eight. Valerie, why don't you share? Why don't you read that passage one more time so we're all on the same page, what we're talking about? Sure, sounds good. All right. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Nice. Thank you so much. Now, we've talked about the first half, and today we're going to be really looking at the last five elements that are found in that verse. So the first one that we're going to talk about is love does not rejoice at wrongdoing, Mm -hmm. which really means that love doesn't rejoice or enable sin is is what's being talked about. It, It doesn't turn a blind eye, and it does not participate in the sin that's going on or in sin itself it it doesn't silently watch yeah and we've already talked about this a lot in this series but again for me understanding this was really huge it was a breakthrough in our marriage because i think i shared this last week but i thought that keeping the peace and saying nothing was loving which wasn't loving at all. (laughs) I wasn't loving you because I was being dishonest and not helping you. Right. Because I would just continue in in it as well. Yeah, in in that blind spot, in that whatever. Yeah. And it wasn't loving to me because by doing this and staying silent, I was allowing resentment and bitterness Mm. to grow. And it wasn't honoring to God because he's asked us to speak the truth in love. (laughs) And so, yeah, it was not good. (laughs) No, no, it was now not sure about anyone else, but I, I think a very common temptation is that as soon as we are wronged, we kind of go ahead and join the person who wronged us with our own wrong behavior. Yeah, kinda, that right? is the temptation. <laughs> That's the, but, but what we really need to do, or at least what love encourages us to do, is to learn to fight well. Yeah. When we are wronged, let's rise above and deal with it in a healthy and productive way. Mm-hmm. Now... What would help couples to deal with being wronged in mm. a loving, healthy, productive way? <laughs> okay. I see you're asking the questions today. Yeah, I'm going to interview you. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we switched roles here. But, you know, I think one thing that would be 
that would help would, would really be to be responsible you know kind of to take responsibility for the things that we do i mean we like to justify and explain away everything that we do even in how we're reacting to sin but we really need to own our our own mistakes i mean everyone makes mistakes yeah. that's a given but what makes the difference when love shows up is that we take personal responsibility that we don't make excuses for those areas and we see a mistake as an opportunity to grow uh, that would be one thing so good uh, I, and i think we've also said this have honest conversations yeah uh, forgiving those those two things are, are really essential uh, in this area as well yeah that's so good and I think to add to that, I think listening to our spouse when they're telling us that that they've been wronged mm. helps too, right? Especially when we're the ones who wronged them, right? Yeah. <laughs> if we're able to stop and humble ourselves and really listen. Yeah, I not think, get defensive. Yeah, yeah, I think that that would solve a lot of things before they escalate. Mm-hmm. And it, it would also communicate that you matter to me, which is another loving action. It's true. It's true. Good, good stuff. All right. Let's, let's just keep moving through uh, our verse. Next element of love is that love rejoices with the truth. And here's why. Truth promotes intimacy. Truth brings accountability, stability, trust, all things that help build a healthy, strong, vibrant marriage and family. You know, ask ourselves, like, are we a truthful person? And and this goes for all aspects of our life. Are we withholding anything from our spouse? How we spend our time, how much something truly costs, who who we hang out with, how we feel, the list, it really goes on and on. But Anything we withhold from each other has the potential to put a crack in the foundation of trust that we're building. And let's be real, like when something begins to crack the foundation of trust, it is going to affect the relationship one way or another. Maybe, you know what, maybe not right away, but eventually that crack will begin to appear. And so the verse here is saying that love rejoices with the truth. Yeah, so true. The next element is that love bears all things. And it's interesting to understand this because to bear something means to help carry, to Mm. suffer with or endure. So to bear with our spouse, to love our spouse means to help carry their burdens through life and endure with them, even through their shortcomings. So in in the practical, I think of when one spouse gets sick. Hmm. I mean, really sick. Cancer is a big one for sure, but even maybe an ongoing chronic condition that affects our, our daily lives, and they face that as a team, hmm. bearing one another's burdens, yeah. bearing that season together. And maybe it's a lifetime for some people with, with chronic conditions. Right. Not easy. Not no, easy. so no. difficult. That's but right. love bearing all these things goes mm. way further than just that example. But that is one way that comes to mind for me when I hear that. Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. the next one? Uh, yeah, next one is love believes all things. 
Now, this one is another, it can be kind of confusing because this, this does not mean that we live in denial, but rather that we assume the best and give our spouse a chance to clarify. Yeah. It means that we choose to focus on their good qualities, uh, to encourage them. And again, this doesn't mean that we ignore things or that we enable sin, but we don't live kind of in that surrounding ourselves in that negativity of the past mistakes and the hurts. Yeah, and this is been one that I've had to really work on because we are so different. I I have a tendency to maybe misinterpret your actions and then I'm upset or I'm embarrassed because we are so different. But what's interesting is that other people don't always see you that way. (laughs) Yeah, well, sometimes they do. Sometimes. Yeah, but more often they they see you as, you know, the life of the party, (laughs) not rude or overbearing. So I've had to change the lens that I was seeing you through. I had to ask you about your heart and your Mm -hmm. motives because sometimes my interpretation was way (laughs) off. And I had to pray that God would give me new eyes to see you. Mm. And so in this process, we we both had to adjust. We each had to dial up and dial down. It's true because, I mean, my gifts of fun, loving wittiness, (laughs) like when I take that to the extreme, it can become hurtful uh, really fast or seen yeah. that way too, even if it's unintentional, but it, it totally can can go that route. And so this has been another area that God's really used in our lives to, to refine us and to refine our marriage uh, as well. All right, let's keep moving. How about love hopes all things? What do we want to say on this one? I, I, I had to ask one of the questions uh, <laughs> here today. Well, To hope all things here in this context, it means to confidently expect the long-term spiritual growth of our fellow brothers and sisters Mm. in Christ. And so to hoping in the continued work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so hope not only concerns our belief in Christ, but it describes who he is to us. Mm. The hope within us is Christ himself. If he lives within us, it will impact how we treat others. I think living with such an attitude, it reflects the way of Christ. It leads to holy living and it brings glory to God. Mm -hmm. Now, another question that kind of always comes to mind as we're talking about this would be, how does this look in the practical in our in our daily lives and you know what i can take uh, an answer here i don't have to just <laughs> you can answer your own question <laughs> yeah, i can answer my own question but you're just throwing all the rules out today <laughs> we are keeping everyone on their toes uh with that but you know i think part of hoping is seeing the potential of others like having confidence in others. And and we can look through the Bible and see how many times people fail. The Israelites, the Apostle Peter, uh, us, like like us personally, we're not in the Bible. I'm just saying (laughs) us personally. Yet in all this, God never gives up hope. You see, love always points to a brighter day ahead. I am so thankful for those stories and and the hope and the encouragement that they Hmm. give us. Yeah. And I also think hoping all things, it produces a willingness to encourage each other as fellow runners of the same race. Mm. 
right? And this, this again, doesn't rule out addressing unhealthy behavior in the relationship. Mm -hmm. But the impact of that positive attitude in the life of our spouse, in the life of our kids, of those around us, that is amazing. Encouraging our spouse and our kids for the things that they can do to be a way to put this element of love into practice yeah to, to praise uh, to draw out the good mm-hmm, those right types of yeah, yeah, yeah because what gets celebrated often mm-hmm. that gets so repeated <laughs> that yeah so true so true it, it it always feels good to get a word of encouragement like i like that like when someone encourages me well, yeah that feels good of course <laughs> I, I think we could all agree on that and so when we can look to encourage others they're going to feel that way as well mm-hmm. next element Uh, of love is that love endures all things. Now here, this tells us that love is unconditional, that it's faithful, it protects, it forgives. In the marriage context, we're saying we're in this like for the long haul. I mean, there's the traditional wedding vows, right? The for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish until parted by death. Like, This is saying like we are planting our flag and saying, I am going to do life with you. Mm -hmm. Now, we also know that divorce happens Mm, and there are stories behind each of those decisions. And so we're not trying to make anyone feel guilty or ashamed if divorce is part Mm. of your story. But it's probably safe to say almost everyone gets married with with the thought or the intention that this is going to last a lifetime. Mm. We're signing up to endure together. Yeah. And this this whole enduring thing, it's actually a good thing. It is. Like to actually <laughs> see it as a good thing, right? Like the word enduring, it sounds like like just trudging along. And I mean, some days marriage can feel like that. Yeah, hopefully not too often or every day, but it can. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But but I think it also brings great comfort to know that we are going to endure together. And, and really like the de- definition of endure is to undergo without giving in. One of the articles that we've read while researching on this topic of love, of love enduring, said that, this is an endurance motivated by love for God and others. So a person with God's type of love will consistently seek what is best for their loved ones. Mm. And so basically saying that there is no fair weather friendship in love. (laughs) It's not an on again, off again kind of thing going on, but it's a commitment to always seek the highest good, no mm-hmm. matter what. Mm-hmm. So so let's, let's move on. We hope that we're not like racing through these. We are trying to cover a lot. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully it doesn't feel like we're, we're racing through. <laughs> Bombarding or, Yeah, we're <laughs> just dumping all the information. It probably does feel like we're just skimming the top. But in, I think, part one, we said, like, we're just going to be barely kind of going through the top of the, these things here. But last one here, we have made it, and, and then we've made it through. Uh, we've made it through the verse. <laughs> But it says here that love never ends. In some translations of the Bible, they would use it or or say it like this, that love never fails. Now, Valerie, what's meant by that? Mm -hmm. Well, in, in this context, I think it's referring to God's love and indicating that his love is eternal and will never fail or falter. 
it's one of those things we can kind of hang our hats on, Mm. right? It's a promise of God. His love will never end. It never falters. I think that's a tall order for us to live up to in our lives. I mean, like, like, think about that for a second. Like, our love, if we are living these words out and applying these words to our lives, means that our love for our spouse it should never fail, that it should never falter. I mean, like, sit and, like, think about that for a moment. Like, that, I don't know, that just, like, it's exciting, but it's also, like, this tall order of of this is what we are agreeing to. Yeah, and honestly, it sounds impossible without the Holy Spirit active and living within us to accomplish this because... Who can do that? No. Right? I know I can't without him. We don't have time today to really unpack this concept of love never ending Mm -hmm. because it it is such a huge concept and Mm -hmm. it's very nuanced to think about. But we will say this. We are so glad that God's love never ends, Mm -hmm. that it never falters. It never fails. And so even though we do time and time and time again, (laughs) God's love will never end. And that is such an amazing promise to come back to and remind ourselves of from time to time. Totally. And because here's the thing, like, I want to love you like that. I want to love you so passionately, so deeply, so intentionally that honestly, that you never have to wonder if my love has failed, if it's faltered, if it's like... Yeah, uh, this is just something, uh, something for us all to think about. And I, I know even as we're sharing and talking about it, it's something I'm processing here as well. And uh, something I just want to be focused in on. Yeah, and, and the realization that we we are going to because we're not God. That's right. <laughs> we are going to fail. But again, what what do we do when that happens? Mm. When we make a mistake? When we hurt our spouse? How do we handle that? Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, we're we're not going to get it right all the time. Right. But we can still be pursuing that. Yeah, still. right. Totally, totally. We did it, guys. <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, we made it through those <laughs> we verses. Did. We did. And so there was some really deep concepts to think about today and over the last few episodes. A lot to process on the topic of love. And hey, we know it is not always easy to live these things out. No, we... Yeah experience that daily honestly Mm. and uh unfortunately yeah (laughs) especially if it feels like we're the only one in the relationship trying to live this out Mm -hmm. but when both a husband and a wife are loving each other this way in a marriage it is such a beautiful thing yeah it is and even beyond that, when, when a mother or a father is loving their children mm, that way, mm-hmm. when we're loving brothers and sisters, when we're loving enemies that way, we are living out the gospel message to mm. each other. And uh, and we believe that that is contagious. Mm-hmm. We hope that you have enjoyed this series. We, we feel like it's been a little different from some of our other podcasts yep. and, and, and whatnot, but we really felt that this was such an important topic to dissect and, and really to work through together. And we hope that it has provided 
lots for all of us to think about and for all of us to process. As always, though, like we want to end with some questions. And this week, they're actually the same ones that we ended with from last week. But you know what? Hopefully it will all help us to process what we talked about today. Remember, we looked at the five elements of love from 1 Corinthians 13, 48, which was uh, today we talked about love does not rejoice at wrongdoing. Love rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. Love never ends. And here are the questions that we have for all of us to process here this week. What are areas that you are doing really well and what are areas that need some focus? What's one step you can take to work on the aspect of love that really resonated with you? And what's one way you can celebrate the areas that you are rocking it? (laughs) I love that. Rocking it. (laughs) Just getting it right. That's awesome. Today, we also thought we'd also add one kind of bonus question for us to process about kind of the the whole thing, the four-part series on love and what it is. And, uh, and the question is, how has my understanding of love changed over the course of my life? Again, we just want to say thanks for listening. And we would really appreciate it if you could leave us a comment, uh, leave a rating, share the podcast with family and friends. Mm-hmm. All the things that help get the word out about Marriage Talk. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And thank you to everyone who has been doing this for us already. Yes. We will talk with you next week. Bye.